The following is made available by Grace Point Church of Orville. For more information, visit us online at orogracepoint.com. I want to just read one verse of Scripture, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created the human in the image and likeness of God. He created them male and female. Notice that last part, the image and likeness of God, male and female. Today I want to take this occasion to hopefully challenge us in a good way. If you'll notice on your handout, the title is not a typo. It really does say, Our Mother Who Art in Heaven. Mother's Day provides a good opportunity to make us stop and think a little bit outside of the ordinary. The reason I picked Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 there and highlighted that last part is that unfortunately, uh, we often forget that last piece, that part of the image and the likeness of God is the female, the mother side of things. Aristotle, some sense the father of Western philosophy, living maybe about 300 years or so before Jesus, had this crazy idea. This is what he taught people. Only males were fully formed humans. That females were just deformed, partially formed humans that had been born. I suspect most people wouldn't have the audacity to say that today, but sometimes the way we think about one another actually isn't too far off of that. I've had people tell me, for instance, that uh, men reflect the image of God and women reflect the image of men. I God, no, that's not actually what the Bible suggests. Mothers are not made in the image of fathers. Mothers are made in the image and the likeness of God. Not one step removed, but Genesis here, contra Aristotle, and later our dear friend Freud, which those of you that know anything about Sigmund Freud, psychoanalyst, his big thesis was that all the trouble that women have is because they just really secretly in their hearts want to be men. And once you come to terms with that and wrestle with it, all your psychological angst will dissipate. Genesis says, no, women are not almost there. Women are there. And if you want to really understand who God is, you have to include women as women to think about mothers and what they're doing. And so today what I want to challenge us for a few minutes is to think about that extra piece, right? That other side of the story. If, in fact, human beings are supposed to bear witness to God's character and God's nature and God's image in our world, what does it mean to say that mothers 
play a role in that as mothers, not as someone else, not as on the way, but, but that mothers as mothers teach us something about God. How can it help our continual process of growing in the knowledge of Christ to actually say, our mother who art in heaven? Now, some folks I know already are thinking, well, that sounds a bit scandalous. You know, what do you mean, our mother? Well, we're just so used to saying our father that if we're not careful, we start thinking that, well, that's the little box that God lives in. Surely we've all seen these nice little paintings of this old man up in the sky with the nice beard. And we just think, oh, isn't that cute? But then you see someone paint a picture of some woman on the throne and we throw a fit. What's happening? What are you doing to God? What's going on? What do you mean? Of course he's a man. Well, actually, God is something altogether other. And by saying it, and I'm going to keep saying it over and over again just because it disrupts our way of thinking, our mother who art in heaven, ah! and I would challenge you at some point today to say that out loud. It feels really weird in your mouth. You think it sounds strange to hear it. When you say it out loud, you think, what am I saying? Is there going to be lightning? People will tell me, well, Jesus was a man. Yeah, he was a man for the same reason he spoke Hebrew. It was culturally expedient. It was appropriate for the time and place. So if you're insisting today that God is a man, and you have to say father, otherwise you're going off track, my response would be, well, you need to learn Hebrew, and you need to move to the Middle East and get your little sandals out and give up pork and uh, shellfish and all this other stuff because Jesus did all that too. We understand it's manifestation of God so that we can come to understand something about God, but that doesn't box God in. So, on to the practical parts of this. Assuming you're still paying attention and haven't totally floated off on me. There are two implications that I think uh, can both challenge and encourage us if we think about, okay, our mother who art in heaven. What, what does that do? And saying that, what does that do for my thinking both about God, but also what it means to carry God's image in our world? Here are two things I would uh, put put forward today for us to think about first of all just saying those words our mother who art in heaven or, or thinking about God as our mother it frees up and reminds us that we don't have to be like everyone else today in fact we don't have to be like anyone else today whoever you are God created you as you to reflect his image in the world. And that's an important reminder in the church. We live in a society that pushes conformity. All of these advertisements, all this stuff about what clothes you're supposed to wear and this constant bombardment with images and sights and sounds, it's all trying to make us just like everyone else. And sadly, this notion creeps into the church. To the point that if we're not careful, we start thinking, well, what does it mean for me to reflect the image and the likeness of God in my world? And instead of looking at the Lord and then looking in the mirror, I look to the left or the right. Well, what do they look like? 
Do I need to be like them? Do I need to do like this? Today, recognizing that God is just as much mother as he is father, reminds me, maybe I'm just who I am because God intended me to be me. And I need to learn to live in that freedom, to be creative. That's what this really suggests. Mothers remind us about the scandalous creative nature of God. Often we talk about people like Thomas Edison, you know, these great inventors. Mothers are the pioneers of innovation. They're constantly having to come up with stuff on the fly, and sometimes they even break the rules. I think about someone like Deborah in the scripture. The whole place is a disaster, so you know what she does? She raises an army, and they celebrate her in Judges chapter 5, verse 7. Deliverance ceased, ceased in Israel, till you arose, O Deborah, arose, O mother in Israel. But mothers aren't supposed to do that. She said it needed to be done. I did it. Now, if you think this isn't so scandalous, how many women generals do we have now? Right? We're still kind of hung up with some of these things. Well, mothers aren't supposed to do that. Sometimes mothers just break the rules. And guess what? Sometimes God breaks the rules. God just says, well, this is what needs to be done. I'll do it. Mothers challenge us to think about this creative nature of living as the divine reflection of God. If I'm not just one step removed, because that's often the struggle as well, God created fathers and then mothers to help them. That's really not borne out in the scripture. That's a really flat reading of the second and third chapters of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 makes it clear. God created everyone as they are to reflect his image. So if that's the case, I don't need to copy someone. I just need to get creative. That's the difference. We're not called to clone. We're not called to copy. We are called to creativity. Second thing, just saying, God is my mother, reminds me of and makes me think about this whole question of risk. Because I've heard people discuss the motherly side of God. And usually they frame it in this soft, so nice, and God's the one you can put your head on, will hold you and comfort you, as opposed to like the strong battle warrior God. That's usually the contrast I hear. Anyone who has ever had a mother knows that they can be just as warrior-like as a man. Again, sometimes we think we do, we do moms a service. Oh, she's so nice and quiet. Mothers are some of the toughest people I have ever met. The fact that we were born is a testament to that. If giving birth was up to men, our species would long since have gone away. That's just the truth. We would be done. It would be time for another species to take over the earth. Cockroaches or something would be running the planet because we would have just been over with. Mother implies risk. I mean like real risk. 
even in our advanced technology-laden world that we live in. Today, this Sunday, May 13th, more than 800 women will die either giving birth or as a direct consequence of giving birth somewhere in the world today. That's in 2018. So this really is a risky proposition. This is not something for passive, just calm, quiet. No, no, this is for strong, risk-taking people, mothers, Remind us, and we really need this reminder, in a world where everybody is just trying to get theirs and keep their stuff and do for themselves, mothers, by definition, risk on behalf of the other. And if we want to be faithful to the image and the likeness of God that has been placed upon us, not only do we need creativity, not only do we need to be sometimes a bit more scandalous, breaking some rules, but we need to risk on behalf of the other. We often talk about the Exodus, for example. I'll give you a Bible example, because I know if I don't ground this in the Bible over and over again, some people will just really have a fit. So, you mentioned the Exodus. Who is the great deliverer of Israel? Moses. Well, actually, it didn't start there. Didn't start with Moses at all. Started with two women. And everybody knows Moses' name, but unless you're a Bible trivia player, you probably don't know the women's names. Can you think of their names off the top of your head? They're kind of strange. Shifra and Puah. Now, Admittedly, I may not have remembered those either if I hadn't been preparing for this sermon. But since I did, they're fresh in my mind. And I'm committing today, anytime somebody talks about the Exodus, I'm going to make sure I bring up these two women's names. Because the plan was, according to Pharaoh, there's too many of these people, kill all the males when they're born. And the book of Exodus records that these two women... Hebrew midwives said, no, we're not. And they symbolize this resistance that Moses' own mother would then participate in that says, this is, not, this is not what we do. Now, just as an aside, you should go read this encounter between Pharaoh and these two midwives because Pharaoh gives them this instruction they're supposed to kill people. They don't do it. So there are lots of babies, and Pharaoh says, why did you let the male children live? This is why I, I mean like scandalous mothers. This is what they say in verse 19. This is their response to Pharaoh. Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. And evidently, Pharaoh believes it. Right? Ignorant man, he's just, well, I guess that's the way it is. Now, if you think about it, they weren't exactly truthful here. That's not what was happening. They were just refusing to kill him. But they were clever. They were scandalous. They told Pharaoh, oh, here's, this is what's happening. We're sorry you told us to kill them all. But they just, they're too tough. They just give birth before we get there. 
Pharaoh's like, well, I guess. All right. Remember what I said, if it was up to men, this, the whole species would be tanked. We'd be done for. In Scripture, we see again and again women stepping outside of the normal box of things. Go reread the story of Ruth and Naomi. They don't play by the rules. Look at Rahab, right? She's always derided as being a prostitute. She saved her whole house. And the, the question remains, what were the spies doing at her house, right? If we're going to get on to people for their vocations, what were those two guys doing hanging out there to start with? Just an aside. Right? Go back and look at the Scriptures. Mary, she was willing to be a scandal. To be an unwed mother. You think that's rough nowadays? Go back to the first century. It was really rough. These women, again and again, show us to reflect God's image requires this twofold dance of creativity and risk-taking. Shifra and Pua, they risk their own lives not just in giving birth, but in this larger scheme of helping to take care of children. I don't know that they were ever actual mothers themselves. They were midwives. But we don't read that they gave birth themselves, which is an important recognition. Today when I'm speaking about mothers, let me be clear, this is not just a biological designation. There are all kinds of mothers in our world. People who have given birth people who haven't but are nonetheless mothers in every sense of the word. And there are women who are not mothers. And that doesn't make them any less of a, of a woman. Today we're simply focusing on mothers. And if mothers are not created in the image of fathers, but if they are created in the image of God, then they have something to tell us. And this twofold challenge... It's one that I think we need to hear today. God is asking us to be bearers of the divine image. God created you. This is what we learn celebrating mothers as the image and the reflection of God. Be creative with it. Ask yourself today, what does it look like for me as me to bear God's image in the world? might be a little scandalous. might require me to break a few rules, to step outside of the norm. But God called me to bear His image, not to bear your image, not to bear this person's image. God created me to reflect the divine in my own life. And that's going to be a little risky. It's going to require me to take some gambles, to say this might cost, but it's who we are. There might be some pain involved with this. There for sure will be some pain involved in this. Right? Only a man would say there might be some pain involved with this. The mothers say, of course there's some pain involved. That's what it means to give birth. I challenge you. Say those words out loud to yourself. Are Mother who art in heaven. You might just have to whisper it because it sounds so scandalous. Our mother who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
let those words destabilize these rigid, perhaps even idolatrous understandings of God that we carry. Free up our understanding of God so that it can in turn free up the possibilities for what it means to live in this world carrying the witness and the likeness in the image of God. Today, we honor mothers by accepting the challenges made known to us by seeing God as our mother. Mothers, not just fathers, point us to a more perfect understanding of the one creator God who formed all things. So, why can't we purpose in our hearts? Lord, I am going to live in creativity and taking risks. Why? Because that's who you are. You are a God who risked for us. You saved us. You came and you died on a cross so that we might have life. Jesus on the cross is often portrayed in terms of heroic warrior. The more I think about it, the more it seems to be more an image of mother than heroic warrior. Someone who willingly endures pain and even death so that another might have life. That's not just a soldier on a battlefield. That's a mom. That is a mother. And in doing it, he was scandalous. Nobody expected the Messiah to die on a cross. What? How is this possible? This isn't how it's supposed to take place. And he risked. He risked oh so much for you and I. I invite you to close your eyes with me. Today as we sing and as we worship, just reflect on that scandalous phrase today, our mother who art in heaven. Our God has called us to be creative, scandalous, risk-taking people so that others might come to know new life and hope and joy and peace. Let's accept that challenge as we honor our own mothers. Let's make sure that we keep in view they are showing us God, they're showing us what it means to be the image and the likeness of the Creator in our world. Lord, today we thank you for our mothers. We thank you for those who have sacrificed for us, who have brought us into this world, put up with us, nurtured us, 
We thank you, Lord, for their strength and their tenacity, their resolve. We thank you that they're not just stage props, but they are central to your kingdom, central to your work in our world. And what better way today, O Lord, to honor them than to celebrate the ways that they reflect you and to take up the challenge to incorporate those things into our lives. I pray a blessing today upon our moms, upon all those who have mothered and have given of themselves for others. Pray your blessing on them today in Jesus' great and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Our podcasts are made possible by generous donations from listeners like you. To hear more, visit us online at orogracepoint.com.